Elsa, and welcome to her story. Today, I will be talking to Maggie Chen. Maggie studied her master's degree at Oxford in linguistics and has since then been involved in starting her own companies, including Girls in Charge. We will be talking about entrepreneurship and how it was for Maggie to work on these entrepreneurial projects in teams and at university. Let's hear her story. I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. And hello, Maggie. Thank you for joining us today and taking the time to be our guest speaker for her story. Those who do not know already, uh, Maggie is the co-founder of Girls in Charge, an organization WBN has had the pleasure of working with during this academic year. You will get to hear more about Maggie and her experience as the founder. To start off, we would love to hear from you, Maggie. Will you be so kind to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background and what you do? Yeah, sure. Uh, thank you for everyone tuning in. Um, so I'm Maggie, and as Elsa already mentioned, I am the co-founder of Girls in Charge. But that technically isn't my day job. So academically, my background was in languages and literature. Um, so I did that for my first two degrees. And now I'm doing a PhD uh, in management. So a massive, massive change there. And uh, I guess for the rest of my life, which you could technically call my hobbies, um, I dabble in a lot of different areas. So like you say, I started Girls in Charge, which is a nonprofit organization that helps young women build up their confidence and entrepreneurial skills through games. Um, but also I run two other companies, one in dancewear called Shut Up and Dance and one in education called Oxice. So those are kind of my businessy hobbies. And then as you do um, in your spare time, I dabble in some regional economics. So I am the deputy chair of the uh, Cheshire and Warrington Local Enterprise Partnership of the Engagement Board. So here we look at uh, how government funds are being distributed to the local economy to drive economic growth. Uh, so a wide range of different things that I'm interested in, clearly, and um, a lot going on kind of in my everyday life so that I don't get bored. But yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Wow. It doesn't sound like you can get bored. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you for sharing. You are telling us about the different businesses you run. Would you like to tell us a bit about how you came up with the ideas for these businesses? So Shut Up and Dance or Girls in Charge? Yeah, sure. I mean, let's start with Girls in Charge because that's why we were here to begin with. Yes. Uh, so Girls in Charge actually spun out, not, not fully spun out, but it came from kind of Shut Up and Dance because by the third year of running Shut Up and Dance, which happened to coincide with my final year at undergraduate studies, um, I started to push myself a little bit more because I knew that if I were to try anything outside of my comfort zone and fail, university was the time to do it because after you graduate, you know, no one's going to know what, what you failed at. And at the time, you know, you're young and you're foolish, whatever. So the failures don't count as much. Um, so one thing I really wanted to just get out of my system was public speaking. So I signed up to do like a five minute filler thing at 
uh, event, a very little known event by a society that had just sprung up and it was on the topic of women in business. So at the time I signed up, said, look, I'd love to share my experience of starting a business at university um, and thought it was going to be like a five minute kind of speech in front of at most 50 people. Um, but two weeks before the event, the, the event blew up on Facebook and 2000 people wanted to come. So it, it was just absolutely insane. And at the time, the biggest lecture hall we had at the university held 800 people. So the event had been moved from a tiny room into the largest lecture theater we had on campus. And I get a message saying, Maggie, do you mind doing a 20 minute speech? And I'm like, um, I can't really back out now, so I'll do it. But I had two weeks to prepare suddenly a 20 minute speech <laughs> on my, my experience. And it was absolutely insane. And um, because this is a podcast, no one can see me, but I am quite small. So there, there's like this very small girl on a very, very large stage with two cameras beaming my image up to these massive screens on either side. It was terrifying. Anyway, yeah. so, so I, I, I did that. Uh, I was shaking all the way through, but because the stage was so far away, no one could see my legs shaking. Anyway, so after the event, um, a lot of young women from the audience came up to talk to me. And, you know, these were my peers, um, a lot of them studying business. And they said, Maggie, what you're doing is so cool. I would never be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And a part of my brain just thought, why? You know, I couldn't, for some reason, I couldn't just take the compliment. I had to ask them why, why can't you do that? You actually have the background to do it. And so I was like, okay, let's delve into this question deeper. Why are women scared of even considering starting a business? Um, so I did more public speaking from there and, you know, had a lot more conversations with different people. And I think I came up with three big main reasons that women weren't considering starting a business. The first was that I don't have the personality for it. So that's the biggest reason. And I'm like, what sort of personality do you yeah. expect an entrepreneur to have? <laughs> and so it, it, they, they started giving all of these very masculine traits. And I'm like, okay but there are female entrepreneurs out there who are the complete opposite and even male entrepreneurs who are the complete opposite of what you said, you know, aggressive, um, very, very ambitious, that sort of yeah. thing. I mean, ambition is great. It's not a negative word, but in the context that they were giving, it sounded like, you know, it, it wasn't that great. Um, and the second reason was I don't have a great idea which on the surface is fair enough. But the point is, did you ever try to think of an idea? And nine times out of 10, the answer is no, I, I haven't tried. And so people aren't even considering starting a business as a viable option for them. And the final thing was, even if I did have an idea, I wouldn't know where to begin. And so I'm like, you, you heard of this thing called Google? <laughs> I'm sure you can start there. <laughs> Um, so I think after all of these conversations, I thought, right, there must be something that I can do to just kind of dispel some of these myths surrounding entrepreneurship. But obviously, 
Uh, I'm sure a lot of people at university have already had experience or know a little bit about pre-accelerator programs or even accelerator programs within universities. To get into that, you have to already build a minimum viable product, an MVP, to mm. get in. And actually, from getting an idea to building an MVP is quite a way off. And even to get the courage to have the idea in the first place is a very long journey. So Girls in Charge fills in that kind of pre-accelerator stage um, doubt, I guess. So from the confidence issue all the way up to how do you develop your idea? Um, so yeah, we wanted to do something fun because university lectures can be a bore. Everyone's <laughs> stuck in speaker-led events like for the, for the entirety of their degree. We don't want to just get speakers in because no matter how great a speaker is, no matter how inspirational they are, that's, that inspiration is going to last maybe a week or two maximum. It's not solid skills that you're getting. So we wanted to focus on the skills and really helping people build up their confidence and a toolkit of the things that they could use if they were ever going to go down a path of entrepreneurship or even intrapreneurship within companies. And so we wanted to focus on interaction. We wanted to focus on people actually doing things themselves. And we do that through games because when we were children, we learn just by playing. So why can't we do that as adults? Which mm. is why Girls in Charge is this really silly kind <laughs> of organization where we do serious stuff, but in a silly way. No, yeah. I mean, I've attended all your workshops myself, not really expecting anything from it. You know, I knew they were these gamified workshops. And as I went through them, you really do realize that it brings out something in you that you didn't know you had. So you had one workshop about starting a hide hustle that really makes the attendees think about what they were, what they would think about as an idea if they were to start a business, which you're never really encouraged to think about. So I'd say your strategy worked for me. <laughs> I am glad to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you did not have these games for yourself, but you did start a business in university, your, your very earliest one that you were still in charge of, Shut Up and Dance. Mm. And you seem, it's almost like you seem to be quite the serial entrepreneur. And have you always had this drive to start these initiatives like you have? I think drive might be the wrong word here mm -hmm. I think it's more curiosity yeah. it's more what if uh, what if I made this into a business idea and actually tried to commercialize it what if I started this really silly project where we try and get you know grown-ups to play games mm -hmm. what what would happen then because girls in charge was never supposed to be a two two year forever program whatever you know it's become a very big program it was never supposed to extend to Europe it was never supposed to extend to the Caribbean but it has um, it was supposed to be a three four month project and we just test the idea and it's done but within those three four months we managed to get invited to the House of Lords um, in the UK 
and it was just very insane I'm just like a child in the middle of the house of laws talking to all of these serious people <laughs> um, so I think I think for me it was never about the drive to do it was more uh, okay let's try it and then see where it goes from there and um, it just happens that these two ideas kind of snowboard and continued. So for Shut Up and Dance, it really just do about 20, 30 societies at Freshers Fair and deciding that I was going to be healthy and go to dance class. Um, <laughs> the dance, so I joined the Ballroom and Latin Dance Society because I was like, they look cool. Like they, they look so elegant. I want to I wanna look like that. And <laughs> The, the problem with me is that my commitment to exercising really is not high. So for me to go, I decided to like buy the outfit so that it so that it made me go at least once or twice to just get the money back or I, <laughs> I guess get the worth of the shoes that I had bought. What I didn't realize was that exactly what I didn't realize was that um, dance shoes were really really expensive in the UK they were about 80 90 pounds and I'm like yeah my commitment to exercising really isn't that high <laughs> and so I decided to start looking for kind of more affordable shoes for hobbyists like me beginners who just wanted to try out this kind of new hobby and I found a seller in China and I bought a pair of shoes from her because I was like trying to get her to ship to the UK I wanted to make sure the sizing was right and kind of from there I made friends with her and something that my friends used to tell me is very dangerous is that I make friends with lots of random people and you know their background so you're kind of putting yourself in danger or whatever um, but anyway I, I gave her my contact details and we stayed in touch and like a month later, we started this business together. So she became my supplier and I started a business in like the second or third month of my first year at university, which was really, really insane. Um, and my parents weren't too happy about it because I was supposed to be studying. But I, I kind of said, look, this is really good life experience and I get to practice my language skills because I'm selling to France now. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, I think it was always just the learning experience and just testing things out that fueled my kind of curiosity of starting different projects. Of course, there are failed projects along the way, which no one, no one hears about because they failed. Um, but there, there will be projects that do succeed. And then you kind of have those going nice and smoothly and then you get to test out new ideas as you go along yeah and just because the ideas that don't stick just because ideas don't stick don't mean that they didn't teach you anything right exactly uh, and also I think business ideas are also very much about timing so just because it didn't work right now doesn't mean it couldn't work for the future when the market conditions are right or you discover a different customer segment, et cetera, et cetera. Or when the shoes become even more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> no, but thank you for sharing. You mentioned that when you did start off Shut Up and Dance, you made, 
you know, you started becoming friends or making connections with this woman who was selling the shoes. What was it like working alongside someone like that? And I know you founded Girls in Charge as well with Nikita. Mm. So how was that like? What advice would you give to someone who might be scared to start off their business completely alone and that doesn't really know where to find a third opinion? I think the two experiences were similar in that there was another person, but very, very different given the knowledge difference, right? So for Shut Up and Downs, I was working with this lady based in China. We were miles away from each other and she had all the existing knowledge. She kind of knew the market. She knew the product. She basically knew everything. Well, kind of my contribution was more like I was in the UK and I spoke English, um, which she didn't very well. And then the added bonus was that I spoke French and Spanish as well. So we could kind of expand the markets. But actually for online business, you don't need to speak that many languages you just need to use google translate and hope for the best um but i think working alongside her was a great beginning for me in that she basically showed me how it's done kind of traditionally so then i had the model of what all other sellers were doing and then i can kind of disrupt that and add new things to do within this market. So for example, at the very beginning, where I was really focused on Shut Up and Dance, we would start working with university societies and sponsoring them and getting our names out. Um, and I guess that also fueled kind of the way Girls in Charge works by working with university societies. So from all of these experiences, you pick up different learning um, points and then they kind of just continue throughout your life even I guess um, subconsciously perhaps because up until like the last 10 seconds when I said it out loud I never made that connection um, so working with her was very much about me learning from her and then expanding on that working with Nikita was very very different uh, on Girls in Charge because by then I had the entrepreneurial experience she was just finishing her first year at university. Um, so actually, um, we both began this entrepreneurial journey at kind of a very similar time in our lives, i.e. first year of university. Um, so she was very much learning about starting a business from me. Uh, she had some kind of startup competition uh, experiences. And, you know, she, she's very, very good at logistics, which is something I absolutely hated. So um, the way kind of the dynamic between Nikita and I is more like I tell her I want a unicorn and she would go find me a horse with a party hat. <laughs> uh, so at the beginning, you know, it was very much working out what our dynamic was. I knew that I had to do a lot of the heavy lifting and kind of contacting societies at that time because I had the better email address um, so at the time when we started Girls in Charge I was at Oxford and if you email out from an Oxford address um, to Oxford societies they're more likely to respond and once you had the first society you can then contact other universities and they kind of all jump on the bandwagon so it, it was a very interesting collaboration because we had to work out our dynamic and now it is very much Nikita sorts the 
sorts the logistics. I come up with the ideas and it just goes from there. Um, for those who are starting alone, in a way, I felt that Shut Up and Dance was kind of alone because I was doing kind of the strategy part, whereas my partner ended up becoming more like just doing the logistics, the dealing with suppliers part. Um, so in terms of the innovation, you know, it was very much just me testing random things out. Um, but if you are really, really like truly alone in your business venture, don't be scared because when you're a solo founder, you get to learn the parts of the business that you would never learn otherwise. Because if you find a co-founder, you would try and find a co-founder who fills in the gaps of your knowledge, which means that then this partnership going forward is just you doing what you like doing and then just getting better at what you can do already, potentially. But if you're really good at it already, then you're not actually adding any value to your own skills. You might add value by making money, but you're not adding value to your personal growth. Whereas if you're a solo founder, you're going to have to deal with things that you never thought you would ever need to deal with in your life. So for example, with Shut Up and Downs, because I had to deal with all of the British kind of business side of things, I had to deal with all of the legal stuff, um, kind of taxes and accounting and a lot of paperwork. And at the beginning, it seems very daunting, but you get through it. And, you know, there's a lot of content out there in the kind of internet atmosphere where you can just get all the knowledge you actually need. You just need to find the will to actually begin that search. So I think by doing that, I learned a lot of things that I wouldn't otherwise had I always had a dynamic where I had a Nikita in my life. Um, so don't be afraid to start. You can always find a co-founder further along in your journey to do the stuff that you don't like doing, right? So by starting alone, you can work out exactly what you hate doing. And then you can find someone who loves doing what you hate doing. And that dynamic would work better. The worst thing to do is start off with a co-founder who likes doing the exact same things you like doing. You fight for doing the things you both love and then neglect the stuff that you both hate, which generally is the paperwork and the logistics. So <laughs> those things are very important and those things need to get done. Um, so yeah, don't be afraid. And, you know, you can always find a mentor, someone who's been there, done that and, ask for their opinion. LinkedIn is a great way to find people, to start conversations. And what's the worst that's going to happen? They ghost you. But like that happens on Tinder and Bumble too. So, you know, it's not, it's <laughs> nothing new to the world. No, it really isn't. And you know, I love that you say this, that you really emphasize on, in the end, what's important is that you will build on yourself. And I, what I love about Girls in Charge is I feel you coming up with these workshops and you coming up with the ideas for these workshops. I don't, th I, I couldn't think of anyone better to do it because I've, I've honestly loved following them. You really do learn the nitty bits of entrepreneurship that you wouldn't think of practicing by yourself otherwise. So I guess what I'd ask you uh, for anyone listening who might 
be thinking about starting their own business, what do you think are the main pieces of advice you would give them? Now, we have tackled a bit on teamwork and have, having a co-founder, but what are some other pieces of advice you would give them? Um, so first off, I am so glad you enjoyed the workshops. We've kind of broken the workshops down into more entrepreneurial skills focus. So regardless of what you do, whether you want to start a business or go into industry, these skills are always going to be useful rather than kind of our first iteration was very much based on entrepreneurship solely and the end goal was to start a business. So I'm glad you love the kind of new, uh, new structure we've given it. Um, in terms of anyone who might be thinking of starting a business, um, the main piece of advice I would give is, I don't know if this happens in, uh, in kind of the Netherlands, but in the UK, pre-COVID, of course, there are a lot of kind of networking events for startup, uh, for startup people. And these events generally have a lot of free booze and a lot of free pizza. So... For those who are thinking of starting a business and, you know, you want to kind of just share your idea, get some feedback, etc. Go to these networking events because one, they're free. And two, you get like your dinner and your night out kind of pre pre night out drinks sorted. But also you'll meet some really interesting people who might be able to guide you, who might be able to point you in the right direction, who might even be able to kind of become your first customer. So you never know. And I would definitely, definitely highly recommend that. Um, Another thing I would say is, I guess, at the core of Girls in Charge, don't judge yourself too harshly. Just get rid of all the self-doubt you have saying, oh, you know, I, I don't think I can, I can kind of move this idea forward. You don't know until you try. If you try it and you fail, that's fine. Because within, within kind of the startup bubble, we like to say you, you should start fast and fail fast. And this is something my mentor used to say to me when I just started out and I absolutely hated it because I think especially for those who are at university to even get to that point you've just never had to fail you've had to just work your best and always succeed and get to the positions that you're in and I think our edu education system pushes us to always succeed I never actually look at our failures as a growing kind of opportunity. I mean, people say that potentially at some point in your lives, but actually in the startup system, that really is the case. You will fail more times than you succeed, but that is the learning. So when you fail fast and, you know, you, you realize that, okay, one, do you actually like the startup experience? Did you enjoy this journey you went on? Did you actually learn anything? Do you think it's been useful to you? If the answer is no, I absolutely hated it, then you know starting a business isn't for you. If you start fast and failed fast and you enjoyed the process and learned things along the way, then you can do it again with another idea or changing your idea slightly, so pivoting. Um, and there's a great book, uh, by Eric Rice called The Lean Startup, where he talks about all the different pivots you can consider. Um, and then, you know, 
the best thing is if you started fast and you just never failed, then by the end of your university career, uh, by the time you graduate, you don't have to go for job interviews. You don't have to submit loads and loads of application forms. You don't have to do stupid psychometric tests, um, you know, and people offer you jobs and you can happily turn them down because you don't need to do a nine to five and also because you are lazy and don't want to get up before 10. Anyway, that, that, that is just kind of my take on things. So yeah, be fearless and test things out whilst you're at university because you can. And university offers you so much support that it's just silly to not, not take advantage. I love everything you're saying. <laughs> if this doesn't convince anyone listening, I don't know what will. So thank you for sharing your advice. I would say about the Netherlands, we do have very similar drink gatherings that you mentioned. Mm. So I think it's a great piece of advice. When you have attended these types of events, are there any particular role models or inspirations that have guided you throughout your journey? Or maybe you have inspirations or role models that you wish to meet one day? Uh, It could be during your entrepreneurial journey or personal journey? I guess the the personal and the entrepreneurial intertwined by this point. Um, But when I first started out, I was, so I was on a pre-accelerator program at university in the second year. And they introduced me to this lady called Lou Caldwell. And she runs a company um, in kind of, advertising digital digital marketing and at at that point I was quite kind of struggling with our marketing strategy and just generally like what the hell do I do to promote so I was introduced to her and she so when I heard digital marketing I was like okay it's probably a small firm turns out it's like one of the largest in the country and she she did I think she did one of the first coca-cola um, digital, uh, digital marketing campaigns wow. in the country. It, it was like re- a really big deal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she, she, she has connections with the BBC, ITV, all of the big media companies in the country. And I just, I just thought, okay, she's going to meet me. She's going to like, give me two pieces of advice and I'll be on my way. Um, but actually, when I met her, it was only a 30 minute coffee and she just sat there and asked me to kind of tell her the issues I'm going through. She genuinely listened and she was very friendly and approachable. And then later on, she invited me to an event she was speaking. at. It was a panel event in the evening. And like all panel events um, in the evening, it started with drinks. So you start with this networking where they had like amazing cocktails and every other speaker on the panel was drinking water because they had to go up on stage and speak. They were dressed really formally, like presenting their best selves. And she had, I think she had just come out of, I don't know, a sports kind of hobby, recreational, leisurely event or whatever. And she she just rocked up in trainers. And, and she rocked up in trainers, grabbed a cocktail, started just chatting to everyone. And then she just rocked up on stage 
holding her cocktail and just really being brutally honest about why she started a business, why, what, what it's actually like and the really annoying things that have happened to her. And it's because of her kind of authenticity on stage and off stage that actually opened up all of the other panelists. And at that event, watching her on stage, I just thought, I want to be her. And I think I've tried very hard to channel that authenticity and just be myself regardless of what I do. I love that. I think a lot of, I, I would like to think a lot of young women relate to that moment where you can look up to someone and say, wow, uh, can I be you please? Or just look <laughs> up to them. So thank you, Maggie. I've, I've loved hearing about all the pieces of advice you've given and talking to us about your experience. Uh, I hope that this has helped anyone listening or convinced anyone listening to start their business. Overall, thank you so much for being here for this amazing interview. I'm sure you've inspired a lot of young women throughout the way, me included. Well, thank so, you for having me. Yeah, it was a pleasure. And I wish you all the best in the future. And yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs>